You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And you can email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join Ulysses and I this week to get in on the action and conversation. Spotify Greenroom. Well, your Tampa Bay Rays, unsurprisingly, sweep the worst team in baseball, the Baltimore Orioles. They capped it off yesterday with a 7-2 matinee win. The Rays are now a season-high 28 games over 500. Uh, 75 and 47 on the year, and they've maintained their five game lead in the AL East over the Yankees and increased it to six and a half over the idle Boston Red Sox. So, Ulysses, things are looking pretty good right now for your Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, the the last uh, five, six games, I I don't think, uh, well, yeah, four games to be specific because of the sweep. Against the Orioles, unsurprisingly. Wow. Yeah, yeah. right. You did well. And you called it. Good job. You called it. It's the Orioles. You're going to win. And and but this is the important thing, though. You don't you you don't have to be uh, better on the sheet than the Orioles. You have to be better after the nine innings. And they showed that and and they showed that handedly. I I I can't really recall another series this year where the race just completely just trashed the opposition. Maybe the angels series when they went to uh, California, but this was just, it, this was almost criminal. You know, in fact, it was so, it was so one-sided. I received a DM by Kyle core. He took a picture of Ramon Urias's bat. One when he was, I think, in the second game on Wednesday evening. Um, maybe that was the third, I don't remember, but uh, regardless, it was a win. Urias, I can tell you that it was a win yeah. for the Rays any day it happened. <laughs> Urias's bat was actually Randy's. You could see the, the knob of the bat with the Rays symbol, the Rays logo, and the number 56. So he tells mm. me, Hey, big fan of the show, can you tell me why is he using Randy's bat? I did some digging, Randy Rosarena. And uh, Ramon Rios, um, they 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 were both ex teammates in 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 the minor mm-hmm. leagues. They played with Memphis together when they were both in the Cardinals organization. So um, and besides Ramon Rios, of course, is from Mexico. Randy Rosarena, after the departing Cuba, uh, uh, he arrived in Mexico. So I'm sure that there is some fr- friendliness there. So that's that's how one side. Uh, the bias this whole series was Kyle was like, oh, that's interesting. That's more yeah. interesting than the actual game. And what's Look happening at the, on the now. field. Yeah. That's and great. that's why there's 5,000 people that are showing up to the game because it's like, what's the point? I can watch this on TV. I know it's going to be over after five, six innings. Look, uh, credit to Randy. That is probably like, Hey, you guys need the help. You, you need the hits in this bat. <laughs> 
to uh, keep up with us a little bit. The Orioles have lost 15 straight games. This is the team we're talking about. They're, they're, they're worse than Arizona. They're worse than Pittsburgh. They're worse than the Texas Rangers. They're worse than everybody. And um, don't really want to dive that much more into the game yesterday or the series. It was just good for the, the Rays to sweep the thing and take care of business like they were supposed to. Um, I want to follow up on something that we didn't have a show on Thursday, but Wednesday, a uh, little talking point, discussion point on who we think the current face of the franchise is for the Tampa Bay Rays and Ulysses. It took us a little time to figure out. And I don't even know if we even figured or came to a consensus on a name. We were throwing out different names. And after thinking about it a a little bit, I was like, you know, if we really have to like put our heads together and go through the names, maybe there really isn't a true face or current face of the franchise. Maybe it's TBD. Maybe it's to be determined as of right now, instead of like, Yep, that's Blake Snell. Yep, that's Evan Longoria. Yep, that's insert name here. So that's something. We got some great listener comments uh, on this, by the way. I, I actually, I do mention Blake Snell. Do you, do you ever think that he was the face of the franchise? Perhaps yes. after the 2018 Cy Young season. That, so uh, for a small period there, he was the guy before he got traded. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the, the season that he put up in 2018 kind of, Maybe you were talking about him a lot during August 2018 throughout maybe un- until spring training yeah. of 2019. He was the guy that everybody thought, hey, Tampa Bay Rays, Blake Snell, Cy Young Award mm-hmm. winner. Yeah. Yeah, the Snellzella thing, the bobbleheads. I, I'd love to see a – really, I think maybe the best way to go about this is to see the jersey and jersey sales over the last couple yeah. of years and see how things stack up with that. Uh, before we get to some listener comments on this, I want to present another question to you. Ulysses, you are a Rays historian. (laughs) Is there a player in the Rays history or multiple players in the Rays history that you were confident, that you were sure of, this is going to be the next face of the franchise? This prospect gets called up. He has a good start or there's so much talk about some guy and it's like, okay, he might take the mantle from Evan Longoria or eventually he, he might be that next guy that uh, we can look at as, okay, this I'm, de- I'm determined. I'm, I'm resolute that this is the next face of the franchise for the race. There are two guys that fit that bucket perfectly. And okay. I just went so hard. Um, like this is, I mean, first of all, I thought this guy was going to be the next Derek Jeter. And this other guy was, you know, going to just be a uh, Carl Crawford. I'm talking about Reed Brignac and Desmond Jennings. I thought they were just going to take baseball by storm. I mean, Br- Brignac, I was like, okay, this guy's going to be a superstar. There is nothing that this guy can't do. And unfortunately it was the opposite way. And Desmond Jennings, he did have a peak of like one year. I know there are Jennings fans and they're, and, and they're going to come back and say one season. He had way more than one season. Right. It was one season. It was one season. We can just, let's agree. It was one great season. And the other ones, there were, there were nice flashes of, of talent because that he just oozed out of, but it just ran out. It mm-hmm. just ran out. I thought you were going to say Kevin Padlow. I thought that, that that's who you had. <laughs> on your list as, as next up. No longer you know a Ray. No longer yes. a Ray. Kevin Padlow. Poor yeah, one out. So the Rays for, can't for uh, pull a fast one on another team. This idea that we can just give up Kevin Padlow and get some great player in return is just absurd in yeah. my opinion. Like he's, he's a down ballot 
40 man guy. That's what he is. He's a quad a player. And I think every team in baseball for the most part realizes that. Yeah. I'm sure he can carve out a spot on the Mariners or the pirates or some other team, but you know, the Orioles, the upper, yeah, the upper echelon of teams in MLB probably are thinking the same thing with this guy. And remember, he struggled this year in triple a. Yeah. Remember when, um, in the trade deadline, people are like on the anti-social media, which I think is a great uh, moniker. Anti-social media. Yeah. The anti-social media. Um, people are like throwing Padlow's name for like everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's get rid of him. Let's find a way. No, no, to no. Really? Let's, let's, let's put yeah. Padlow with a bow on him and then let's get Charlie Morton. Let's go. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. Uh, maybe if you throw in some other guys, like he's the, you know, he's part of like a six player deal and he is the absolute sure. last guy, then sure. That might be a thing. Um, it's funny, Ulysses, because I had Desmond Jennings tops on my list because there was so much hype, especially when he right. was coming up to the minor leagues and Durham. And it was like, you're looking for that next combination of speed power outfield guy and he just he had a couple solid seasons but just never quite lived up to it so that was one guy a couple other guys i want to throw out you will myers i thought he could have been a guy in time rook i mean he's carved out a really good career and he was rookie of the year but i mean he didn't stay with the rays very long pitchers jeremy hellickson and Matt Moore were a couple possibilities. I think Jeremy now, I know Hellickson it was, had yeah. longer of a stay, so mm -hmm. I can't put him in a complete letdown. Matt Moore, 17 wins that one year, then he gets Tommy John and all that. The postseason run, yeah. like, I mean, yeah, you saw a little bit more like, oh, my God, we have got an arm. We have got right. the guy. Um, yeah, th those are really good picks. I will say yeah. about uh, Desmond Jennings, uh, my dad loves the story. We were at the trop and these two old guys are in front of us. And one of, of the old guys tell, tells the other, you know, this kid, Desmond Jennings, he's going to be the next Mickey Mantle. He's the, he's a Mickey Mantle on the making. <laughs> oh my gosh. Talk about throwing. Look, I think we're mm. a little uh, over exuberant about throwing we love comps around, but Why? Mickey Mantle's a little bit, a yeah. little bit of a stretch. I would say with that, that's hilarious. Um, okay, so getting to what uh, Rays Nation had to say about who's the current face of the Rays franchise. And again, it's not unanimous. There's a lot of different options out here. Uh, we'll pick out some of the good answers uh, here that we, uh, we collected. Austin Holloway says, Randy, and it's not even close. Wander has the potential, but I don't know if the Rays have ever had a player with the badass energy that Randy gives off when he's performing well. Bat flips, banging his chest, slamming home plate after the game for walk-off. Face of the franchise. He very well possibly could be yeah. uh, in time. Uh, your father, Ulysses, no one, and that is our strength. That's a good answer, and that might very well be true as well. Uh, Timothy LaFleur, I think based on last postseason, it should be Randy. I think it'll be Wander before too long, but not going to lie. The first face that popped into my mind when I read this question was Kevin Cash. We had multiple wow. Kevin Cash face of the franchise. Now I lean more towards a player, but I guess technically if you want to choose a manager, I mean, he, he might wind up being the longest tenured Ray when it's all said and done in terms of I hate that managerial answer. career. But I guess you don't like, you're not a fan of having the manager as the no. face of the franchise. Oh, he really, his handwriting when he fills out. Oh, the there is no card. lineup card. When did he you makes see a how double he switch used... in interleague games, man. Did you, you see really how he used the red? 
for the left and the red marker for the left-handed hitters and the blue one for the right-handed hitter. Oh, I just love how he fills out a lineup card. God, I love watching that. No, no, come on. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, Melissa Herrera says Brett Phillips. A lot of Brett Phillips choices. I find it, you, you can't have a face of the franchise as much as we love Brett Phillips and what he brings to the table. He's a fourth, fifth outfield. He's a part-time player. I don't I don't think, think that's, people care. I yeah. I think people are like, you know what? If you think about <laughs> Brett Phillips, you uh, or the Tampa Bay Rays, the first thing that might pop up to somebody's head was Brett Phillips's routine warming up in the bullpen coming out as a two-way player. Like in 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 the All-Star game, I don't know, man. I feel like I understand the face of the franchise definition usually means best player, but I'll you know, if face of the franchise also means the first player that 29 other markets think of when they think about your team, Brett Phillips might be on there. Mm. I think it'd be Randy before Brett Phillips, though. I think so, too. I think Randy is the guy right now. Randy is the guy. But yeah, Brett Phillips might be on, on the top five of 29 other markets that when they think about Tampa Bay, they might come up with Brett Phillips. I mean, you might as well throw G-Man Choi out there. You've got the Choi boy fandom so uh, i don't know uh golf boy click says injured glass now there's a couple of glass now choices again it's tough because he's hurt and he's going to miss all mm-hmm. next year as well uh let's see if there's any different ones here a uh, couple wanders as well adam moffitt says wander michael f weber says wander no doubt i still think it's a little premature for wander i think maybe after next season he can certainly be the guy but i still think it's it's festering. It's boiling. What we've seen in this post All Star break, yeah, he's well on his way, but still not quite there yet. When when I mean when we talk about the offense and we talk about production and the lineup and and who's to be feared in the lineup, we usually go through five six names before we get to Wander. And it's not yeah. like he's been a spectacular fielder. Look, I think in time. Let's give him time, and then he'll be the guy. He'll he'll be the face of the franchise. But I still think it's a little bit Wait, early with that. Twenty twenty two. Let's talk about Wander yeah. in twenty twenty two. Yeah, you know, I think uh, maybe what could speed up the process for Wander Franco is uh, Built Bar. Maybe that gets him to face of the franchise, uh, the the face of the franchise moniker in time. Why not? Because you know, if he if he were hungry and he wanted something healthy and delicious, and he's got plenty of flavors to pick from he would go to build.com because he's got coconut raspberry mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry orange cookies and cream german chocolate Uh, just so many flavors to choose from and of course the stat sheet isn't bad either 17 to 18 grams in protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 four to five grams sugar four to five grams net carbs Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So why don't we all go to built.com today and use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and we will all get 15% off our orders. So let's use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off today at built.com. Okay, Ulysses, uh, I think it's fair to say that the Rays will have a tougher test this weekend than the Baltimore Orioles with the Chicago White Sox coming to town. They have the second best record in the American League behind 
the Rays at 71 and 51. And really, they're the only competitive team in the Central. I think every other team in the Central has a losing record. Yeah, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota, Kansas City, none of those teams have gotten to the 60 win mark yet uh, either. By the way, White Sox face the franchise. Who, who do you think it is? Who's their face of the franchise? Uh, I would say Tim Anderson, right? I agree. I think it's Tim Anderson. And the fact that we were very quick to make that decision speaks to that. He's probably the guy. Uh, so, and who knows, maybe it's because with the Rays were a little bit too close to it and we see them on the, all the time. Maybe we'd have to get some more consensus from, and maybe some of the, the locked on network folks, some of the, uh, some of the, the other hosts with other teams, maybe they have uh, input on who the Rays face the franchise is. Nevertheless, uh, the White Sox, um, really solid team, really balanced. Offense, uh, pitching staff, you look at it, uh, look at their numbers. Offensively, they're seventh in the MLB in runs scored, eighth in team OPS, sixth in triples, fifth in walks, seventh in average. Pitching, they're Fourth in team ERA, which is better than the Rays, by the way, at 3.72. They're tied for the most complete games. Uh, They have the third most strikeouts. They're sixth in whip and fourth in opponent batting average. So, yeah, a little bit of a tougher test than the Baltimore Orioles, I would say. Certainly. And and I think when, when you talk about teams that go to the postseason, it's not because they do one thing right. They've got to do a lot of things right. And the White Sox can do that. And we've already seen this White Sox team when the Rays were actually, you know, hitting on all gears. And yes, the Tyler Glass now, of course, that that injury happened while it's in, in, in Chicago. But I, I think they didn't bend. And, and they won two out of three there when the Rays were playing pretty good baseball. Of course, mm-hmm. it was the two games that, that they lost after Glass now. But having said that, uh, this is a good team. And they've shown it uh, throughout. Uh, they showed it on, on the national stage with the the, the, the the corn game, the Field of Dreams game. Yeah. Coming, coming back uh, from, from, from losing that lead in the ninth. I think the thing that impressed me the most with the Chicago White Sox was the non-sloppiness because I feel like in 2021 baseball teams have been sloppier than I think. Maybe it's in my old age. I'm, I'm becoming a curmudgeon and I feel like, you know, the fundamentals should not be ignored, but the White Sox didn't have any, any slip up like that with, with the glove. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is the Rays way of playing right. Baseball. Don't, don't just give up extra outs. You know, that's also what the Chicago White Sox are doing. And it's going to be a tough season. It's tough series. I really wish I could go uh, make it to a game this weekend, but I can't, but it's going to be fun and it should be fun. And I really hope that if, if you're able to make it out to a game buy a TBT um, ticket, you know, get yourself in the game for like 20 bucks. Don't buy any food. Don't, you know, park away. Don't give Stu any parking money, but definitely enjoy it and clap for the boys. Over under combined 50,000 fans over the course of the three-game series versus the White Sox. That's too much, man. Come on. No. 15, 15, and 20? Under? I mean, I hope. I mean, yeah, I would. Ra- yeah, it's it's crazy that we can't fathom that on a weekend. 15, 15 and twenty. These are the two best be, teams in the American League. It's gonna be 10, oh, 14, <laughs> 12. Oh, Mark Topkin's gonna have a field day. 
Get ready for some attendance tweets, folks. <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah. I feel it come in. He is going to oh, lean I into feel this it come in. Like he always does. And I guarantee he's going to lead off two best teams in the American League. Attendance yep. for today's game, dot, 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 10,312. Yeah. It's going to be something With no along co- those lines. With no COVID restrictions. Well, yeah, I, 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 I guess, I guess, Mark, you, you know. Of, <laughs> oh my yeah. Goodness. He loves it. He loves it. He loves being the bad guy on anti-social media regarding yes. attendance uh, stuff. But no, what uh, I love I, is the fact that people come up with fake accounts and I fall for them, <laughs> fake Topkin accounts. And it's just a bunch of like tongue in cheek and uh, oh, very good. snide comments and things of that nature. Because what he'll do during games, too, is like, uh, you know, uh, Randy didn't hustle that hard to, to first. He could have gotten a double out of that. And like he's just he, he seeps sometimes negativity into his tweets uh, when you're talking about the best team in the American league, but no, the, the white Sox. this will be a really good, I mean, kind of a playoff test. If you want to look at it that way, you're looking at a team that just got back uh, Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. And I mean, there, this is a playoff rotation. I don't, we won't see all of the white Sox horses. We'll see Giolito, Keuchel and Ronaldo Lopez, but come playoff time, uh, you add Carlos Rudon into the fold, Dylan Cease into the fold, and then you you have the bullpen of Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell, plus a really, really good top uh, offense, top 10 offense. I mean, they are, I, I hate to say juggernaut, but they're about, I mean, th- to me, they seem like they're pretty darn well built for the playoffs. And what's amazing is the rotation has stayed I know Rodon's on the IL right now. I think it might be more of out of wrestling, but they've stayed healthy all year. They haven't had any setbacks in their starting rotation. Will that keep up through September in the playoffs? That that remains a question. But did I even mention Lance Lynn? Like it's no, it's you crazy. didn't. Yeah, Lance Lynn it, might be the ace of this staff too. So this team again, balance. That's the word for the White Sox. It's balance, and uh, another word is scary. And I I one hundred percent agree with you. This is going to feel like an actual test for the playoffs. And the guy going on tonight, Lucas Giolito, of course, a past Cy Young Award winner. This guy is actually getting better as the season uh, goes on. If you compare his his numbers pre all-star break and post all-star break. I mean, he is, uh, he's, he's pretty toasty right now. He's got a 292 ERA post the all-star break. Uh, hitters are hitting 216 off him in 37 innings, only 29 hits. Uh, it's uh, a whip of 1.03. We're going to see really good Lucas Giolito. And I think we saw just all, all right, just okay, Lucas Giolito in, what was it, uh, June or, or May when they played in, in Chicago. So this is going to be a whole completely different test. If if it was going to be very difficult in Chicago, I think it's this one's going to be tougher, a tougher series. So if, if you're a race fan, I think this is one where you don't um, – you don't do the dishes while this game is going yeah. on. You, you get your stuff in order and you, and you prepare for to be sitting down in front of the couch for the next next three and a half hours. Well, who's going up against Lucas Giolito? Your boy, Michael Waka. Is this oh. his last turn in the rotation? Yarbrough's off the IL. Rasmussen's showing good signs. Chris Archer may be making his first start this weekend or making an appearance this weekend on Sunday, I guess would be the day where he might split some innings with Fleming. They'll probably, uh, I'm sure they'll figure out a creative way, whether it's bulk beat an opener or traditional starter, whatever they want to do with them. I mean, Archer's coming back and they just signed David Robertson, 
Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of guys that they might want to try to get in. Michael Walker against a really, really good uh, White Sox lineup. I think the White Sox, I mean, this is just a guesstimate, but I think they are more right-handed heavy, but really has that even mattered going up against Michael Walker, righty, righty. I mean, if he throws that yeah. cutter anywhere, I mean, it's going to get hit. So, and it's, and you got a lot of really good professional hitters between uh, Abreu and, and Tim Anderson and Yohan Mankata. I mean, you just go down uh, the line and, and they're pretty solid. Yeah. And, and honestly, to answer your question, no, he actually has a higher uh, 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 righties are hitting harder to walk than, than lefties. So yeah, not by much. Look at the split against yeah. left. Uh, lefties are hitting him 296. Righties are hitting uh, 308. That That is absurd that you combine the, the aggregate of all hitters in baseball and they're batting 300. They're, yeah. they're all Hall Over of Famers against Michael Walker. Yeah. So, Amazing. so it's going to be a tough matchup. I think uh, I, uh, we used to say, Oh, Waka is completing with this team at least at, until August 31st. It's August 20th. Yes. This might be the last one. A lot of arms are coming back. You need the spots. I just feel like they, the way that the rays are kind of handling themselves with the bat, uh, you know, Brendan Lau with a thousand OPS since like mid June, Franco and, and Orozarena with their respective hitting streaks and on base streaks. Um, they're like, okay, maybe we can take a little bit of an L on the mound and, and give up three, four, five early with mm-hmm. walk on the mound, but we reserve some arms and the offense can pick us up. But I mean, again, Lucas Giolito is pretty good lately in, 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 in since, since the all star break. So we'll see. It's a, t- it's a tough gamble here, folks. Yeah. Terrible timing too. You could add Waka start against the Orioles and yeah. maybe flipped McClanahan to the White Sox. I know they don't want to ruin guys' schedules and so forth, but talk about like getting a, a poor shake of the deal because Hey, even if I mean, Waka going up against the Orioles is much different than the White Sox, but you could still, yeah. Orioles will spot you five or six runs. We'll still win at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. Once we get to your bullpen conspiracy theory. Mm. That was actually the plan. You don't want to show McClanahan to the team that you might be seeing in the playoffs. Ooh. You don't want to give them extra looks. Do you want to say, you know, no, 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 no. We know Waka ain't pitching for us in the postseason for sure. So Good you can w- see Waka all you want, White Sox. You're not getting a look see at Shea McClanahan. But on the flip side, it might be something where McClanahan could see the White Sox hitters that he knows he's going to face in the postseason, but I think it probably is better off that the White Sox don't see him rather than him getting a first look at them. Cause exactly. we see guys get called up all the time and they'll throw a gym because the, there's just no, there's no book on the guy. You've never seen what, uh, wow, that curveball moves a little bit more than I thought it did. The fastball is a little bit more tail than I thought it did. And it, you yeah. know, until you actually see it up close, it, it's tough to prepare for. And again, uh, not, not, not to, not to say that, you know, the auras are, are a juggernaut, but, Dietrich Antons, Sean Armstrong, Chris Ellis, of course, names that we all knew were going to be part of the road. The, yes. the, Adam Conley, the Evan He's Phillips, actually pretty Adam good, Conley. Yeah, no, they, they look good for, for the most part, but I'm saying, you know, uh, yeah, it's way better for, for the pitcher to never have been seen than, than the latter. So I think that that's my conspiracy theory. They're like, you know what? We'll throw Waka out there. We would rather have him eat the innings against the White Sox than them. My, my other conspiracy theory is that they're really taking their time with the injured bullpen guys. They're saying, look, we're in the driver's seat here. There's no mm-hmm. rush to get 
Fire Eisen back, Nick Anderson back, Pete Fairbanks. Oh yeah. He, he threw an okay inning and at the complex or triple A, you know, he needs some more time though. He really take your time. Yeah. Eh, It's okay. Hey, if it, if it works for him, that's uh, that's good there. I I don't mean to like, you know, derail this, this pot, but I, I believe there's a rule that if you don't play for the major league team before August 31st, Ooh. that you cannot play in the playoffs. You can't just be a September call-up and then go to the playoffs. So if you're looking for Archer, um, you know, uh, Anderson, I don't know if you have, I think it's, you have to appear in a game before August 31st, like being the active roster. You don't have to actually appear in the game. Is that, could that be, what if they appeared in a game or have played like since June or July, but got hurt? I think that's okay. I think it's okay, okay because, you know, you, you, you know, 60 day, all that stuff. But I think you have to have at least one game in the active roster before August mm. 31st. I don't so think Nick Anderson you, will be the next exactly. guy. He has to get called up. He has Same to be the guy. Chris Archer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Understood. Shane Boz, maybe. So I guess they would have to make a decision on Boz. Correct. For August 31st. We'll have to dive deep into that rule. I'm sure we'll have somebody on Twitter, somebody on anti-social media, a sleuth yeah, out there. Us. Give us the facts and figures if that's correct. (laughs) Uh, We have baseball trivia coming up next. Just a Kevin and Ulysses edition of baseball trivia. Evan Klosky, of course, is uh, eating pineapple, drinking pina coladas and and great coffee and and searching for quarterbacks in Hawaii. So he's enjoying that trip. Uh, He should be back next week or the week after. So we'll get with his schedule on that. But we did not kick him off the show or anything like that. We know you guys like to have him on. Uh, It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember, use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N. Again, promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for all those great bonuses and features. Okay, Ulysses, it is baseball trivia. We'll have a traditional trivia question and a name that war as well. That's right. And yeah. Ulysses, my trivia question for you uh, concerns the Chicago White Sox. In front of me, I have a list of their top time, uh, top 10, top 10 all-time home run leaders in franchise history. I need four of the 10 names on this list. White Sox uniform, most home runs, 
top 10? Oh, man. Um, and well, several of these that. guys played during our youth when we were growing up and playing video cool, games cool, and cool, watching cool. on uh, crappy television. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go with uh, the obvious one, Frank Thomas. He is number one with 448. Let's go with... Oh, man. I know Adam Dunn did his most of his damage in a red uniform, but let's throw Adam Dunn. Let's throw a big donkey. Strike one. Okay, fair. Um, Robin Ventura. Very, very, very good guess, and you would be correct. He is number seven on the list with 171 home runs in a White Sox uniform. Uh, by the way, can you hear for the last 10, 15 minutes or so? Uh, well, there's Perry chiming in now. Uh, a landscaper. We had perfect timing with cutting the grass while we're <laughs> no. recording, but it's, it's only on my, I mean, they're literally going all the way around the house, just like circling <laughs> me as we're recording here. But nevertheless, as long as it's not heard uh, on the pod, we're okay. Okay. So you have one strike. You've got two correct. I need two more. I'm gonna go with, is it, I, how can you forget? Is it Jeremy? Jer was it Jeremy Die? His last, I'm going to give it to you just out of the kindness of my heart. Last name Die, first name starts with a J, Jermaine Die. Also Jermaine. did some damage with the Oakland Athletics. He's number eight on this list with 164. One more okay, name. My bad, Mr. Die, Jermaine, of course. He was really good, man. He used to be really, really good. Um, Ooh, okay, here we go. I feel confident. Oh, you're smiling. You know I'm going to get this. I think baby. you know it. Yeah. Fastball down the middle. Look, I'm launching. I'm about to launch, people. 26 like degree launch. <laughs> 92 mile an hour exit velo. Here you go. Maglio Ordonez. He is not where I thought you were going to go, but you are correct. Maglio Ordonez is number six on the list with 187. Uh, these other names, I I'm actually shocked you didn't guess this name. But number two on the list, we've talked about this guy multiple times, uh, Paul Canerco with 432. Number three is Jose Abreu with 223. Wow. Number four is Harold Baines with 221. Uh, number five is Carlton Fisk with 214. You add Ordonez, Ventura, Jermaine Dye. Uh, number nine, Bill Melton. And number 10, was his nickname El Caballo, Carlos Lee? Was that yeah, right? Yeah, El Caballo. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number Carlos 10 Lee. with oh 152. Goodness. Yeah. Look at that. Those are great names. Yeah, and Perry, I, I, he's giving you applause right now. He's giving you some verbal <laughs> Is he? Verbal is he applause. giving me a standing O right now? Thank you, yeah. Perry. That or he's barking it. at the landscaper. I think <laughs> it's the latter, but we'll go with it. Uh, yeah. Okay, what do you have for Name That War? For name that war, I saw Evan Longoria return to triumph with a bomb in San Francisco a couple of days ago. Of course, he's been hurt for the last couple of months, so it was really nice to see him back. Um, and it got me thinking of another guy who he kind of plays third base because this other guy moved him on Long Beach. Uh, he used to be a shortstop, and he got to be a third base because Mr. Troy Tulowitzki was playing shortstop. Ooh for Long Beach. So 
Kevin Weiss, can you tell me Troy Tulowitzki's baseball reference war? Mm, very good question. Uh, is he still in the league or is he retired? He- his last active year is 2019 with the New York Yankees. So just injuries that got to him, I guess, over time. Yeah, it's unfortunate, yeah. man. It is unfortunate. It it's, it's honestly sometimes. the David Wright story all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, Jacoby Ellsbury, Dustin Pedroia. I mean, you can go on and on. Well, how old was... Sorry to pepper questions here, but how old was Tulowitzki in 2019? In 2019, he was 34 years old. Okay. So he right. could he could play. I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, career war for Troy Tulowitzki. Shortstop, middle infield. That should be a boost. Um, I'll go with... It seems like just... I have not looked up his stats. I don't know if I've looked up his stats ever, but he seemed to have a really good five to six year run. The four to five to six year run was really good. So I'll say average about four war across five years. That still seems kind of low. Then you add in the rest of his career. I'll go with uh, 32.8 is his career war. Uh, I'm going to give you one more shot. Okay. You're thinking a little bit too low of Mr. Troy Tula. Wow. Okay. 40. I'll go with 40 on the dot. All right. Survey says you're very close. His mm. career war for Troy Tulowitzki was 44.5. Will you look Man. at that? He had five years as an all-star. As an all-star. And you were right. Five to six years of where he was peak, peak, peak. Yes, that is true. 6.5 war in 09, 6.7, 6.8, 6.2, 5.7. And he was a pretty, pretty darn good player. Actually, with Toronto, his last year, uh, no, his second to last, he was a 3.2 war player when he was getting $20 million to be paid. So, um, yeah, a really good career overall. But again, just like Dustin Pedroia, David Wright, and himself, guys that could have made the the, the Hall of Fame, but injuries derailed them. Yeah, if he had stayed healthy, because like the last couple of years looking at his page, I mean... If he could have stayed legitimately, all right, I'm playing 150 games a year, the, you know, another four or five years, he probably would be a Hall of Fame candidate. And oh, yeah. I, I'm kind of proud of myself because I normally don't focus on National League guys. And it yeah. turns out I was, you know, semi-close nope. there. And that, that was back when the Rockies were fun to watch. They had all those, <laughs> they had all that offensive firepower. The middle of the lineup there was, was a joy yeah. to watch. And, and, and honestly, the 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 the, the fact that Tulo, uh, you know, we, we were so close, it's because not only the, the Longo connection, but you know, when when you go to the playoffs, it's a great opportunity to like see the stars that you never actually see, yes. like in Colorado. And I think when we were growing up, you know, th- them going to the World Series and all that. I think it was in his rookie year that they went to the mm. to the World Series. So that that was pretty cool. Kind of like Longo, rookie season and goes to the World Series. Look at that. How about that? I, I'm sure Dulowitzki was probably a face of the franchise for the Rockies yes. at some point in time with that. Very good. Uh, okay, that wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked on Bets podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.